Our reading for today is Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Hi, friends. Uh, my name is Dave. I'm on the ministry team here and uh, happy to be sharing with you. Uh, September is often thought of as a season of new beginnings. And if we've not met, I'd love to, to meet you. Uh, you can head to our website and find contact information for myself and, of course, any member of our ministry team. We'd love uh, to further introduce you to uh, all that's happening uh, through our community uh, during these days of, of new beginnings in September. Just a heads up that near the end of our Church at Home service, uh, Zach Wiley will be uh, with us and sharing an update on his global work. Been a friend of Living Waters for years, him and his wife Megan, uh, serving in Thailand, and oh my, they have so many wonderful things to update us about. So uh, stay with us. Uh, you'll be so interested to hear uh, what uh, Zach has to say. So uh, today we continue in a new series uh, called All of Me as we consider the book of Psalms. Uh, the book of Psalms, of course, is a, a place where we are encouraged to bring all of ourselves uh, to God. We read in the book of Psalms uh, subjects related to gratitude and sorrow and elation, despair, trust, doubt, anger, hope. It's all in the book of Psalms. And uh, we're excited to walk uh, with you uh, this fall in this series. Certainly, we hear an invitation uh, through the book of Psalms uh, to bring all of ourselves to the Lord and to most beautifully do that in prayer the invitation to bring all of ourselves to God in prayer. Um, and so today, as we've had read earlier in our service by Kirsten, we look at Psalm 103 and we consider uh, ideas in that psalm related to thankfulness, uh, our hearts full of thankfulness. There's many reasons why one of the first things that adults want to teach children, whether it's in a classroom, whether it's as in a babysitting relationship, or whether it's in a, a parent-child relationship, is to say thank you. Uh, we, we, we often hear uh, older speaking to the younger, and it's, it's often through a prompt um, to the child. So, so what, um, what do you say um, as a child receives something perhaps that he uh, would benefit from. Uh, what do you say? We would see this applied to it. What do you say to your teacher? Uh, what do you say to grandpa? Uh, what do you say to your neighbor? What do you say to your instructor? And there's good uh, reason to do so. We want the child to understand the source of the gift. And perhaps we want the child to be thankful for what they have 
rather than meditating upon the things that they don't have. And so perhaps in Psalm 103, we could maybe simply understand uh, these five verses at least is a prompt by the psalmist, and we would hear him say to us today in this maybe parenting type of relationship, so uh, what do you say? Uh, what do you say to, to God? And so we bring uh, this idea into Psalm 103, uh, specifically learning how David in this psalm is speaking to himself to prompt him uh, to be a person of thanksgiving so that what he is uh, what, what he is saying to God um, is authentic and real. So notice what uh, these first five, first five verses uh, invite us to. David says in verse one, he says, let all that I am. David starts with statements about identity before he speaks about action sets in motion in this psalm the idea that praise is not so much about what we do, it's more about who we are. Um, so what David is questioning about himself, and he's, uh, of course, we come along with this question about personhood. Um, the idea that all that I am, would, would that represent a person of reputation and uh, character? Am I a thankful person um, beyond action and the core of who I am? It, it brings, again, that all that I am speaks about the idea of within my heart, with my mind, my emotions, and my intellect, and my body, my actions, the actual words that I say. Am I a thankful person? It's a great question. It causes us to naturally look at ourselves and say, am I, am I a thankful person? What do people observe? What do I observe about myself? What do people think about me? What do I think about myself? And of course, what does God think about me? So David begins by saying, let all that I am praise the Lord. So here's the movement from being to doing. May my being be expressed through the doing of praise. Uh, Luke uh, introduced our subject last week and very wisely uh, began our series uh, with Psalm, referencing Psalm 105, verse 6, which, which he uh, referenced, of course, and it, that verse being, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Interesting that the final words of the book of all the Psalms, the last stanza, the last exhortation, this last command is, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So I have breath, you have breath, and out of this psalm says that all that I have, that the breath that I have, praise the Lord. Two, two very helpful things about praising. Um, why praise? Um, praise requires us to focus on things that are 100% true. But all that I, those who have breath, praise the Lord. Say things that are true about God. So praise requires us to sort out things and our thoughts to come to a place to declaring what we know about God. It doesn't lead us along with questions. It leads us along with statements and utterances of praise before God. Praise does not allow us to focus on what we don't know. It requires us to focus on what we do know. Man, in these days, that's great advice. 
for so much of what we hear around these days is really, really negative. Have you noticed? The news is negative. The neighbor is negative. Um, and, and through this uh, season of negativity, perhaps we need to be aware of the potential conditioning that can happen training us to process things negatively, not positively. We must make a deliberate effort, this psalm says, to be positive in order to counter the negative culture that we live in. And so we find that praise calls us out of negativity and naivety toward a heartfelt and verbal expression of things that are true. Secondly, this idea of let everything that has breath praise the Lord, it carries the vision for evangelism. Let everything, let all people praise the Lord. Wow, it invites us to imagine the day that our neighbor and our families, our loved ones, our leaders, our neighbors would praise the Lord with us. What a, what in a, what a beautiful thought to stir our imagination towards inviting others. We, we live in a, presently in a very negative world, a fallen world that seems it carries the evidence of our fallenness and it seems to be increasing week after week. We live in a world that's full of people that are intelligent but not necessarily wise. And so David, a very wise man, says, praise the Lord and invites all that has breath to do so. Oh, the good that would come, right? Think about it. Oh, the good that would come if all would praise the Lord together. Paul picked up on this in the New Testament, Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. He says, so that we are to abound in faith and thanksgiving. We are to abound in faith and thanksgiving. We are to abound. Uh, not too long ago, our team, took a first aid responders course. We did it in the upper room at the church. So much fun. We learned a lot. I learned a lot about being a first responder uh, to people that are not well. And, and we learned many things. One, of course, was the very simplest thing of when you find a, a, a vulnerable person or an injured person, you, uh, someone who's maybe passed out, you quickly try to, to diagnose their vital statistic, their vitals, their vital signs. Um, and so when, to determine uh, the condition of the person. Perhaps in the same way, checking our praise pulse, according to Galatians, is a good way to check our spiritual pulse. If we're not pulsating with thanksgiving, then perhaps our faith may be vulnerable uh, to being in a good place, we are to uh, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, Paul says rejoice, Psalm, or Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Paul didn't just say it once, he said it twice in Philippians 4, verse 4. He didn't want anyone to think he'd made a mistake or that there were no expectation to what he was saying. We are to always be um, rejoicing in the Lord. That's command in Scripture, not a suggestion, to do it when we feel like it, but to do it because of an expression of faith and thanksgiving. So we see it in the old and we also see it in the new. 
Some, some may think that as we move along closer to the second year of COVID, we're closer to the second year than the first year of COVID. Many, many carry along in their spirit that we have less and less to be thankful for. Things that were rejoiced over some, you know, so many months ago. Those, those things that we once talked about with our friends and all the grieving that comes along with it. And we need to be wise tending to our spiritual and emotional health. But the psalmist and Paul in the New Testament calls us out of our being into action of being people that rejoice in the Lord. And perhaps as external things feel sometimes to be stripped away, this is a call to eternal matters, eternal things being built up within our systems. So again, Paul is saying, so what do you say to God? We say, thanks. You're a good God. Many could think that praise is just a response to what happens if everything's going right. And when things are going right, we most automatically praise and are thankful. But this is not really what true praise is, certainly in the context of our Psalm 103. Praise is not about what is happening or happened. Praise is about prioritizing a truthful relationship with God. Praise isn't like a caboose that just follows along with what happens. Praise is more about an engine of, of, of a train that makes things move along in a way that's sustainable and helpful to people. Our faith engine will not fire on all cylinders without praise. Psalm 103 calls us to health and spiritual vitality. So the, the second line, so in this Psalm 103, the second line, with my whole heart, David says, I will praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. The significance, perhaps, of what David is alluding to is in this idea of holy name. Holy name. Let's stop for a moment and consider the significance of holy name. To, to say to our God in the context of holy name references that there's, there's only one God and there's only the name of the God. There, there's one God um, who has the name above all names. And David was very intentionally referencing in words and in thought and in worship, this word holy name. Acts 4.12 says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which man must be, would be saved. So David is teaching us by his example so that there be no confusion. Praise the one God and put a name on him. There's one God. The name here also, when you think of someone's name, it speaks of a person's, as I said earlier, reputation and character. So when we praise God, we are praising his reputation and his character. Our neighborhood has a Facebook page and we exchange all kinds of things. And from time to time, you'll see uh, someone requesting 
the name of someone who could provide a trade for a renovation project being done in their home. And often you'll see typed in the messaging here, this person, and the name is there, has a good reputation. We praise his holy name because God's reputation and character is in order and is good and good to meditate upon. Finally, when David is talking about a holy name, he's talking about one God, a God that has good reputation and character. And thirdly, he speaks of lineage. In the Old Testament, according to Jewish tradition, when a name was presented, it carried forth the context or the referencing to future lineage, present lineage, and also past lineage. And this certainly is seen all through the Old Testament where we see lineage or chronological lineage being referenced. I read that. I'm reading through the Bible in one year, and I just got past the lineage of the Old Testament. And many times going, uh, what's the point? There's a great point. When you think of Jewish tradition, an individual was known according to his name. For associated to that name came the idea of family that you were born into. It determined your career as perhaps in the Old Testament, a farmer, a priest, or royalty, your land holding, your status, where you lived, where you would die, and your genealogy was also important according to the created order or context in which you were born, and it would determine the trajectory of your life. What we see here is David saying, I will praise his holy name. And when we do so, it puts us into the context of lineage and association to community where God, our father, is tending to his people past, present, and of course, the hope that we have for his future. So we praise according to his holy name in the context of a community that he is caring for. And we say, thank you, God, for caring for me. Thank you for caring for your lineage because you're a good, good father. David continues to say, may I never forget the good things he has done for me. May I never forget the good things he has done for me. I remember a preteen conflict I had with one of my kids, maybe a parent or maybe a teacher of children would relate today. I remember the conflict was um, the frustration of my preteen child being frustrated by my inability to give him everything he wanted. And so the conversation got a way on him a bit or them, I'm not supposed to disclose which one, oops, um, upon one of my children. And uh, there it was them complaining that I didn't provide enough and uh, the comparison of what a friend received. And, and you can imagine where that conversation was going. Well, um, patience didn't carry the order of my day. And I, I do recall the, the comment back was, well, you need to not forget your benefits. And so I illustrated someone that perhaps forgets their benefits. And so I went on a little bit of a dad rant. And maybe I'm not so proud of it, but I, it happened. And I then said, okay, if the provision isn't enough, then I'll take that coat back from you and I'll take your shoes back and I'll, um, 
I won't drive you to the athletic field. And by the way, your sports uh, registration is due and you may want to figure about how to get that money because you won't be able to play next week. And oh, and concerning your room, I'll take back the bed. And uh, concerning the lighting in the room, I'll take the light bulb back because hydro's high. You can see how that conversation wasn't going well. There's the rant. David here is saying, hey kid, don't rant. Forget not all the benefits that God has given you. Forget not your benefits. And so the second half of these verses, David shares five things that relate to benefits. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. You unpack the word fill and life and you look towards an association with abundance and not scarcity. And God would have us meditate upon abundance of gifting and supply and not scarcity. Hence, praise calls us back to say and consider things that are true about God and about his blessing upon our lives. So that my youth is renewed, David said. Wow, the youth, the energy that comes with vibrancy. So that my youth is renewed like the eagle. We can learn a lot about the eagle. Um, many would think that the eagle is the strongest, most fearless, and most majestic bird, and that is true. And over the course of a lifetime, the eagle has maintained an ability to be that type of bird. But what is sometimes not commonly known is the way that the eagle manages the years of their lives. And that is through a process called molting. And from time to time, um, an eagle, certainly when an eagle recognized the aging process, the aging of their feathers, the aging of the beak and the claws, which start withering, they need to transform themselves and go through the process of molting so that they can live longer. It, uh, I don't know too much about it. You may know more. But my understanding is how an eagle will go into secured hiding and will go through a transformative process where um, they will um, lose their heavy feathers, they will um, regrow um, the talons, the beaks, the claws, so that they can renewed, be find themselves renewed in strength for the remainder. Obvious parallels to a life of thanksgiving. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3, we are encouraged to put on the garments of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Take off so that you can put on. And the discipline that potentially can become a delight of a follower of God is in the area of putting off despair, putting off frustration, putting off disappointment, and doing it regularly so that we can put on the garment of praise and discover the joy of relationship that flows continually from that type of a person, setting aside a spirit of despair and putting on a spirit that delights in God our Father.
Psalm 103, it's worth reading and it's worth following the advice of David because we hear him say today, hey, so what do you say to God? Let's do that through our words, through our song that we'll sing now and through the meditations of our heart.